0: all right today we are live here with nazreen ahmed who's a certified life coach grief coach and divorce coach with harborlightcoaching.com and today we're going to be talking about grief as it relates to divorce because as i'm sure you will let us know nazreen that uh, divorce is a grief how are you doing this morning
1: i'm doing pretty well thank you thanks for having me today
0: yeah absolutely i wanted to bring you on because i wanted to talk about your your, what you do as a business and how you help people get through the grief of divorce, and I know you have some some coaching that we'll talk about later as well on that. But can you uh, further introduce yourself? Maybe tell us about how you got into this, and then uh, I'm going to hit you with some questions.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, hello everyone. Um, I have been coaching for um, uh, about eight years, going on nine years, and um, uh, absolutely love it. You know, it was not intentional going into grief, loss and and, uh, major changes in life. Right. But um, I basically got into it after my own grief. So my sister passed away suddenly um, at the age of 37. She's my Mm -hmm. older sister it's going almost on 10 years, almost on 10 years, she passed away. Um, But it was very sudden loss. And really turned my whole world upside down you know I I was very very clear I didn't want to be living in the place I was living in I didn't want to continue in the career I was in and through you know a lot of different a lot of different uh, trial and error um, was really able to get the support that I needed to work through that grief. And then also to figure out that this is what I want to be doing. I really want to be supporting people when we feel like we're going through the hardest times, when we feel like we have no one else who knows how to listen and understand and provide the resources and the tools that we need to really be able to cope with the, the huge, you know, uh, life altering things that we're dealing with. So, um, there are a lot of different things that can cause grief in life. Um, certainly divorce is among the top of those, you know, of those experiences. And I have worked with a lot of people who are trying to figure out how to, how to process this huge change, how to co-parent and do it well, how to kind of restart and figure out who they are now that they're not married and in that relationship. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a real honor to be able to work with people through that.
0: Yeah. I was reading on your website, one of your challenges when you're going through your grief was finding a counselor that was actually effective and that's what kind of motivated you to look into this and get certified Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely yeah i i started out in therapy because that's what everyone said i should do and i'd been in therapy before so i was like okay i'll just go to see a therapist but unfortunately she had no real training a lot of therapists don't actually have training in grief other than sort of like a very general kind of course if you will or a bit of information and so I found that she's just sort of wanted to talk about um, my life in general without really going into my grief very deeply. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was exactly the opposite of what I needed. Like I, I could figure out life, but I couldn't figure out how to deal with this incredible grief, you know? And so um, I started going to support groups after that and that was helpful, but it was, uh, there's a point in the, in the support group where the counselor said, you know, somebody asked her how long is too long to be in this in this group? How long before we think, you know, maybe there's something more going on where we should be worried about ourselves, (laughs) etc. And the counselor said, if you've been here longer than two years, then you really need to start thinking about getting other kinds of support. And that Hmm. freaked me out because I'd only been there maybe a couple months. And I was like, you want me to come in every other week for the next two years to do collages and to like talk about how sad I am and to not be able to move forward in some meaningful way no way no way i can't do that right i I couldn't imagine that and you know what i didn't know at the time was there's a lot of other factors right and a lot of other things that i I could be taking into account but at that point i was like i got to find something else and um i'd already started in uh, a coach training program, a year-long program to become a a life or or executive coach and in that program somebody told me that she just met a grief coach And so that's when i was like okay you know i'm curious about this what does it mean and coaching is is intended to be more proactive than things like therapy or counseling and so i found it um to be exactly what i wanted because it helped me feel like i had something to do from week to week so that i could move forward and i could start to process things in a different way and yeah i mean for me it was it was the unexpected gift that i never thought that would actually help me um i never thought that i would ever be able to talk about my sister without crying, without feeling this immense amount of guilt and, and regret. And, you know, I, I'm very happy to say that working with that coach helped me really process so much so that I could transform not only um, how I was feeling, but I could transform how I felt about my relationship with my sister so that it was easier to talk about her and it was easier to remember the good times. And it, it gave me more of a balance, you know, in, in how I was feeling.
0: You were saying that you wanted to drill down. If I understood you correctly, like on your specific grief, as a as opposed to talk about the rest of your life, as from what I understand, is with your coaching, like related to this, this say uh, divorce specifically. Do is that what that area of your of your counseling or therapy can just focus directly right down on on that issue of grief, that, that that say divorce or just separation in this um example and can you give me kind of some common um you mentioned a few but some common examples of what people might be experiencing during that mm-hmm. process related to divorce
1: absolutely yeah so my coaching is definitely um geared towards whatever the client wants to talk about that week but a lot of people when they're dealing with grief find that the the therapist or the counselor doesn't necessarily want to stay focused on the grief they might ask for a lot of history and sort of past experiences and and that's very common you know it's not a bad thing but um i i found personally that wasn't what i needed because again i had been in therapy before what i needed was help in this particular situation with this immense amount of grief that i was feeling and she just couldn't provide that you know what i mean and so i really try to i do have a lot of clients who want to come in and they want to talk about the the sort of ramifications of the divorce right um they they feel like okay i lost a lot of my friends that were you know friends with us as a couple i don't know how to create a social life anymore i don't have the kind of support that i wanted my family's not you know really supporting me in the way that i'd hoped my i'm having trouble with with um my soon-to-be ex in terms of negotiating the things that you know and and trying to come to some kind of an agreement again co-parenting where to live now I can't, you know, now I I have to move or I can't move, you know, so there's all these sort of different things that come up. Um, And I really try to, to offer what I can and to support them with whatever's most pressing in that moment. Um, But usually it is very much focused on the grief, on the, the sort of like, how do I deal with this, this, you know, the, the uncomfortable or difficult situation? How do I deal with the emotions that are coming up for me? Some people feel immense amounts of grief uh, or, or, excuse me, guilt because they're the ones that are um, initiating the, the divorce, right? Some people feel a lot of guilt around their kids. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't want their kids to be um, negatively impacted or they want to limit how much uh, of a negative impact is there. Um, a lot of people are trying to just sort of navigate the legal system and they have you know, concerns about, well, you know, he agreed to this, but now the lawyer is saying they changed their mind. And now what do we do? And how do I approach it? My attorney is a bulldog and she wants to do this, but I don't know if that's a good idea, you know? And so while I can only offer, you know, a a listening ear, I'm not, I'm not trained in anything um, to support them legally. You know, these are some of the things that people come come and talk about. And then also just the emotions of it. It's like, I'm suddenly, I, I lost that person that was like my other half. And now, the the roles that I, or the responsibilities I have are so much different. Like this person used to take care of the finances. Now I have to, or we, you know, split a lot of the finances. I can't do that anymore. What do I do? How do I support myself? How do I support my children? You know, I, I have to take out the trash. I have to, you know, get the car or whatever. you know, I have to do all the things in the house. All these different responsibilities are suddenly that were sort of divided and potentially, you know, not fully evenly, evenly, but at least somewhat, are now on the, you know, one person's shoulders. And so it is it is a big change for them.
0: So you handle quite a few, I've, I was surprised to hear all the, I mean, obviously all these things are true issues that people have to deal with when they're going through divorce and they can all be issues. So you have, does is there kind of some um, crossover between the grief coaching and the divorce coaching or are they kind of all in one?
1: Um, For me, it's it's really all in one. Um, You know, this is just sort of the the years of experience I've had working with people through divorce. Some people really want to talk mostly about the emotional ramifications and how to deal with the grief and how to um, uh, process sort of internally. But most people I talk to are sort of looking at the big picture of like, this is so life altering that I can't separate the emotion from... Mm you know, all of the different realities that I have to negotiate and I don't know how to negotiate all these things while I'm also going through all of this emotional turmoil. Right. And so our coaching becomes that safe space of working through a lot of it, talking about it, figuring out the best option for them. Like, I'm never there to tell them this is what you should do. This is how you fix the situation. Talk to them, say this, do that. Like, that's never my role. My job is to help them learn how to come up with their own answers and solutions and then to trust that, right? Because it may not always go the way they want to, but that doesn't mean it was a bad solution or a bad idea. It just means it didn't go the way we want it to, right? Which is life. So it really is about helping them learn how to navigate whatever circumstance they're in and then also to trust themselves that they can handle whatever else comes up.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, powerful. P- people are going through a, you know, they're going through a divorce or separation. They're trying to make these legal decisions, um, but they they are in the background. Like you said, they can't separate the emotional charge from these decisions. And maybe that's confu- you know, confusing them, or maybe that's making them make irrational decisions. So do you have any examples of where maybe you've helped someone where they were struggling in a divorce or separation and and how you're through your, uh, your therapy, they're able to, for lack of a better word, calm them down or get them to a place uh, emotionally where they could then be able to better handle and make better decisions in a mm-hmm. divorce? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, I had a client a while back. Um, she initiated a divorce with her husband. Um, They've been together for a while, at least I want to say eight to 10 years. But they had just had a child, so their child was less mm-hmm. than a year old, and um, there, she was, it, it, she kind of falls into that example of like they had come to some agreements initially about co-parenting and how often he would see her and, and custody and all that, and then when they got to, you know, got in the room to sign on everything, he changed his mind. He wants to go in front of a judge. N- nothing is okay. I didn't agree to any of this. And so she was like, Okay, I'm done. Like, if he's gonna, like, switch on a dime like that and lie, then I'm also, you know, going to kind of take away all the different things that I had agreed to. And I don't want to, like, give him any custody, and I don't trust him Mm. and you know, and this and that. And, you know, we were able to talk about it and, and have her see that she had a very strong reaction. But the response that would actually ultimately serve her was very different. Right? So even though she wanted to shut everything down and and you know basically file or or fight for um sole custody um she realized after a few sessions that probably wasn't the best option you know and that wasn't fair for her daughter because she realized she wants her daughter to have a relationship with her with her uh, father you know and so we were able to work through some of that and come to a more reasonable response and you know i mean there were some ups and downs in that as well but she felt more confident making a choice that was sort of thinking more long-term the benefits or the um, uh, the most important things for her and her daughter, rather than having sort of a rush decision about, well, he said this, so I can't do this, right? Um, and I think a lot of us do that. We have those, especially again, we're, we're in this heightened state of emotion. We have these automatic sort of, no, no, all right, I'm done. Like he, this happened, okay, forget it. All bets are off, right? And if we actually go through with that, um, long term can have some really negative effects.
0: Yeah, what that's funny, you brought up well, not funny, but it's its interesting that that was your example. Because while I currently handle 100% amicable cooperative divorce cases, why well, I want to have folks like you on um, to show that there, you know, there's a better way of doing this. But what you said, when I worked for the courts, uh, 10 plus years ago, that the, the the spousal punishment by trying to fight for custody, not because they're a bad father or a bad mother, but for, for the emotional charged reasons of of punishing someone, essentially, um, is, is something that happens quite a bit, and then causes significant, you know, litigation.
1: Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I think um, we do a lot of things out of spite when we're hurting. You know? Good word. And and we do it because that person hurt us, that person should have known, that person shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z, right? And so we do wanna hurt them. And and sometimes the easiest way is to use the kids and it's heartbreaking, right? It's heartbreaking because these are just children, right? And they love their parents. I mean, hopefully if it's a good relationship and a healthy parenthood, they love their parents and deserve to have both their parents in their lives. But uh, there's time, there's energy, there's a lot of money, like you're saying, that goes into um, doing things out of spite,
0: yeah. Where do people start with like how do people find you meaning they, they find you online they refer to you and my bigger question is you have your grief counseling but you also have some coaching packages I don't know if those are one and the same you have evolve empower and emerge can you go into detail where people would and or is it like they go through this process they start at evolve and end up in emerge can you talk about your your coaching programs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so most people kind of come sort of in the beginning stages. Certainly, some people come a little bit later. Um, They may already be in the middle or towards the end of the divorce. Um, I do have some clients who are like, I've already gone through the divorce. Now I'm looking at rebuilding my life. I want to figure myself out. I want to eventually start dating again. I want to, you know, feel like a human, feel like myself. And and you know, we talk a lot about like, okay, you've changed a lot over the years, and even more so through this process. So who who are you now? right um so i do have some clients who come in um sort of at that later stage um but i also do have clients who come in and they're just in the very beginning stages and it's about okay i need to like figure out how to start to separate how to start to navigate who's going to see the kids when um i i do have some clients who like to stay in the same home right and then or leave the kids in the home and then they you know um, travel back and forth, uh, to the apartment, stuff like that. So, um, it really depends on, on the person and where they are. I do get a lot of referrals and a lot of like, whether it's previous clients or, or, you know, people in my life, um, uh, and also people, you know, through searching online and wonderful podcasts and shows like this as well also help. Um, and, you know, these packages are really meant to sort of be a starting point, but it's never meant to be the only way. Right. You know, I try to customize everything depending on the person, what they need, where they are, um, and and really make it something that's unique to them. So that it, these are these are sort of like, you know, nice things I can put on my website and they do. I do tend to follow them, but they're not the end all be all the only thing that I offer.
0: Do, do these with uh, these coaching programs, are they group coaching are they one on one or it depends or it's optional? How was that like?
1: You know, it used to be more group, but I have found that most people who are coming to me have already done a lot of group work. And that's why they don't, they're coming to me. They don't want to do it anymore, right? They want more personalized, more customized support. Um, The groups, they they got less from it. You know what I mean? They got less one-on-one time. They got less time to, to to really go into what they were dealing with. It was like kind of a round robin from what I was told from some yeah. certain people. And what they really want is like, I, I want this for me. I want this for my, I want this whole hour for me, right? And so um, I, tend to, I started to kind of phase out the group as much. I'm still open to doing it, but I'm not running groups as much as I am doing one-on-one right now.
0: So that makes sense because you're saying how when you went through your grief in the beginning you were looking for someone that would deal directly with your grief so the group counseling you know was probably beneficial at that stage but then when people are done with the group train they come to you for more of the one-on-one to drill down specifically just like like you did when you you had your grief Mm
1: -hmm. yeah exactly exactly and i think a lot of people especially when they're in a lower state emotionally whether it's the loss of a loved one or the ending of a relationship like divorce, you know, we, we, it's hard to hear other people in pain too. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why sometimes these groups can be really overwhelming. It's because you're already in so much pain and then you come to a group and you see so many other people in pain. It's like, it's just, it feels too much, right? It's too much to handle. You're very. You might be very empathetic or very sensitive. You know. Sometimes it's it's um, a comfort because you know you're not the only one. Oh, look, somebody else is experiencing this too. But I get a lot of people telling me like it just felt like it was too much for them. You know. And so they really do want that one-on-one kind of uh, customized or, or um, focused attention, right? They want that attention for themselves, where so they don't have to worry about how somebody else is feeling.
0: Gotcha. Someone that is going through a divorce, where would they start in, like, what does that look like to them in the, the grieving process? I know there's going there to be a lot of different things they're going through, but what's, what's one or two things that they can do to kind of get some control um, over their lives? So they're not feeling completely overwhelmed.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say the first thing is self-care, which sometimes it goes out the window right away. Um, you know, I, I talk about the three sort of foundational things. It's like, are you eating well? Are you sleeping well? And are you moving? Are you exercising? Um, and are you doing those consistently, right? Cause if your sleep is off, you're already going to be more stressed. If you're eating poorly and sort of comfort foods all the time or not eating at all, that's going to have a huge impact on your mood. If you're not moving, if you're not using your body in some way, right. It doesn't have to be super Um, uh, high activity, high impact, right? But some kind of activity is going to really help you stabilize, right? And so having those three as sort of the foundation um, is really important. If you're already doing that, fantastic. Then it is about like, okay, emotional regulation. Like, are you breathing? Can you do some mindfulness and meditation? Like I have a lot of different resources for people when they're going through, um, going through divorce about how to regulate their emotions, how to respond, not react, right. How to, um, be able to communicate, take a step back, pause when you need to. Um, but really being able to like take care of themselves, even in the moment, you know, um, doing some, some, uh, Uh, Very basic physical exercises that can help them kind of stay grounded in the moment when the conversation is getting heated with their with their um, previous spouse or or former spouse, stuff like that. So it's about like, okay, what can you do to kind of help yourself, and then also what do you need to do to help your children? Now, I'm definitely not an expert in you know child development and child grief um, and and what they experience. I have some you know some uh, training on it, but really my my area of expertise is working with. Um, an older person, right, an adult, um, and so it is about okay. Where can we get the research? Where can we get the information? Where can we help our children? Like, and how do we help their children um, in dealing with the the uh, turmoil that's going to come up for them, right? So, addressing that as well, and then also recognizing that a lot of this is not going to be in your control. As frustrating as that is, you know, most things in life are not in our control. We don't know how it's going to go, and so it is about. How do I stay grounded and find stability in, in myself among amidst all the chaos, right? How do I deal with the anxiety of the unknown while I'm in the middle of this process, right? And, and that in and of itself can, t- can take a long time to reconcile, right? It's not an easy process to be like, I don't get to control this. I don't get to, to um, make all the decisions. I don't get to say how this is gonna run. And if anybody's a controller like I am and wants to have control of everything, wants to know everything right right away, it's really hard, it's really frustrating to be able to, to have to say, I don't get to control. I don't know how this is gonna go.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Earlier we were talked. you had made a comment about when people are going through a divorce that they, they kind of lose their friends, their identity. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they don't really get the support they thought they would get from family. Do you think that this is because people who are watching them go through that grief kind of back away because they don't know what to say to them or? Continue? I think,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of different things. So very often people don't know what to say. They don't know whether they should bring it up. They don't know whether they should avoid it. They don't know how to treat you. They don't know if what's going to, you know, trigger you. Um, but they also, there's also a lot of, Like, um, I've talked to a lot of people who like, my family doesn't want this. They don't want me to, to mm-hmm. get a divorce. They don't agree that they think I'm, I'm making a foolish decision or they think I'm making a rash decision. They're not in it. So they don't know what I've been dealing with. Right. Um, but they don't agree. Right. You know, and certainly in some cultures that the divorce is very much an a, anathema, like you can't get divorced. No, stay. Sure. Even if you're, if you're unhappy, stay, you know, you need that for sort of the cultural appearance. And um, so it really depends on the person. Um, but yes, I think a lot of people don't know how to treat us when we're grieving. And, and sometimes you may not be like, you'll be grieving, but you'll appear to be fine, right? Or you actually feel a sense of relief. And so people don't know how to handle that. Because it's like you're breaking up your home and you feel relieved. Is that, should you feel that way? What's what's up with that? Was it abusive? How bad was it? Right? Um, you know, and so I think there's also a bit of judgment and, and um, a lack of understanding or a lack of empathy or compassion, maybe um, on on people's parts. And so they don't yeah, they don't always um, fully, uh, they don't fully understand or know what to do, you know, how to handle the situation. Hopefully, people have someone in their life, you know, that's going to be non-judgmental and supportive. But um, I always tell people, worst comes to worst, I'm that person, right? I'm not here to judge you, I'm not here to tell you what to do, you know, this is your safe space. Um, But I do try to encourage people, find somebody in your life to be that help them understand you know i talk to my clients a lot about how to train the people in our lives and how we want to be treated and what would be supportive for us especially now and if you don't fully have a clear understanding of that you know it, it has to evolve but at least you get to communicate today this is what feels good today this is what i need and maybe tomorrow that'll be different and that's okay
0: so let's say there is someone that is compassionate and non-judgmental to the issue or the particular grief. What, how would you know what to say? Can you give examples of what someone going through, just a grief in general, um, wants to hear?
1: Like you know, maybe think... they're un-
0: they're uncomfortable like bringing it up, or should mm-hmm. they bring it up? Mm-hmm.
1: I think one of the most important things, and I say this so uh, to people a lot for all kinds of grief, is is to be honest, to be radically honest and say, I have no idea what to say. I'm so afraid of stepping on your toes or saying the wrong thing. I want to be a safe space for you. I want to support you. And I'm going to need your help. So if I if I say something wrong, please tell me. I'm going to do my best to, you know, understand. Um, but just know that I'm here with you. I'm, I'm going to walk through this with you. And, you know, you've got me right. You've got me for, for whatever I can do that. When's the last time you've heard anything close to that? Right. Yeah. I mean, like we're so afraid to say the wrong thing. We should just say, we're afraid to say the wrong thing. We should just be honest about like, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know if you know how, how you want me to handle this, but I'm open to any suggestions. I'm going to try my best. I, I, I want the feedback, but most importantly, I want you to know, that I'm here for you, that I'm say, I'm, a say, I'm going to try and be a safe person for you. Because, again, most people are busy judging us. They're busy judging our actions. They're busy busy judging if we're dating again, if we're not dating again, if we're on social media about this, if we're not on social media about like, They have all kinds of ideas about how we should be handling what we're dealing with and how and how should we go through what we're dealing with. And I think it's really important for us to be able to say, I'm that person that's not going to tell you how to do it. I'm just going to walk with you as you're doing it.
0: Are there people, I mean, people coming to you are actually looking for help, but are there people that are going through grief that, that don't want help? They don't want to talk about it? They just kind of shut down? Yeah, of course. Of course. Absolutely.
1: Well, I think, you know, we as a society are not trained to deal with loss. We're not taught from an early age how to deal with, you know, these hard emotions. It's usually about, finding another person, right? There's plenty of fish. You'll you'll find somebody else. Don't worry, right? So replace the loss or, you know, use certain things to, to deal with the loss, whether it's, you know, use your work and just stay busy and just stay focused on something else. Um, so avoid it that way or use social media, use TV, use entertainment, do whatever you can, to distract yourself, right? Um, so we kind of have these coping mechanisms that are pretty unhealthy, frankly. And um, so we have to learn how to be okay with, just being in this difficult situation. Um, but a lot of people, you know, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to, to deal with these difficult emotions and difficult situations if we haven't been taught, we have no experience, right? And so I think that that's the point where, you know, you have to recognize, you get to a certain point where it's like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep trying to push this away. I can't keep trying to ignore this, you know, and hopefully most people will get there sooner rather than later, um, but some people, unfortunately, they may never get there. You know, they may never their whole lives might fall apart as a result of trying to avoid the difficult or the um, uh, the grief that they're feeling. You know, um, and I I think they're also I think it's important to note that you know every grief that we experience and every person that experiences grief is different, right? It's it's very unique. So. You know, I went through a loss recently that was very different than the loss I experienced with my sister. You know, it was very different than the other losses that I've had. And so each, one, each experience is going to be different. So if you're going through a divorce right now, you can't expect your grief to be similar to any other experience of grief that you've had. And so I think it's important to recognize you might be able to deal with this differently. You might have some more tools in your tool belt than you did prior. You know, you might've learned some difficult lessons along the way that you can bring into this experience. And so I talked to a lot of people about how to be resilient, how to understand and, and kind of look at their, them, themselves holistically to recognize what they can and cannot do or what they have already been through and how that's shaped their experience. But they're also on their own timeline, you know? So some people might not be ready right now but in six months, they'll be ready to talk about it, you know, and I think it's important to try not to force it either. Um, as long as you're healthy and you're maintaining everything as best as you can, you know, it may not be the time for you to seek support. You know, if you're really struggling, of course, get support. But if you feel like you can handle it and you have a strong resistance to talking to anybody right now, that might be worth, you know, uh, if not honoring, at least exploring what that resistance is and if you're actually ready but avoiding it or if you're just not ready.
0: I usually wrap up by asking what else should we talk about, any final words, but I want to say that that what you just kind of went over pretty much tackled that.
1: Excellent, excellent. I'm glad. Well, thank
0: you so much for coming on. I want to respect your time. We're just hitting around the 30-minute mark. I think we covered a lot of good information that will be helpful to Clients of mine who are considering going through divorce, um, reach out to Nazreen if you, you know, I guess at any stage they you know, can begin that, that journey with you. They don't have to wait till they feel the, the loss or the grief of divorce. They could um, get into your coaching program and get in touch with you just to find out what they have coming up to be dealing with. Um, And again, the goal here is, again, to get in front of those clients and our potential clients. But maybe then, you know, they don't end up having to go through a contested divorce because they're able to handle their emotions better and make um, better decisions and then maybe go through an amicable divorce. Nazreen, thank you again so much. Mm -hmm. Um, HarborLightCoaching.com, a lot of great coaching and information. Uh, You're on several podcasts. So Uh, Definitely, if people will go there, it would be very beneficial for them. Thanks again, Nazreen.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone.